And what's happening? It is the Armchair Sports Guys here on our Wednesday Wacky Show with Rich Mays, Sean Farhady, and I am G.J. Mitchell in the suite, brand new, just received today, <laughs> Tampa Bay Buccaneers Super Bowl champions long sleeve shirt. I haven't even taken the tags off. Look, it still says locker room on air, <laughs> trophy, still has the, the thing. I told you, I told you as soon as they won, I was going to be one of the most insufferable bastards on this planet. Oh, and you have been. You're welcome, America. Yeah, you were lying. Nope. You're Looking welcome. good, GJ. Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah. Uh, Matt O'Brien <laughs> and uh, um, Michael Chance aren't going to be able to make it tonight, but that doesn't stop us from having another kick-ass show. We're talking Celtics. We're talking Bruins. Red Sox, and just wait, you'll see. When I when I go this, you mean it. And then we got the hot take court, and this time it's us two rivals battling out me and Rich on should Dustin Pedroia be an MLB Hall of Famer? And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to win. Flat out, I'm calling it right now. <laughs> I'm calling like the great Ben I'm calling the shot. Just got it, calling the shot right okay. there. So that is how we're starting, boys. How? How are you feeling? How is your Wednesday going? Going pretty well. It's going not well. I'm trying to put this link in the uh, the Facebook thing, but I'm not sure why it's not working. <laughs> well, uh, I will figure it out. While Sean is figuring that out, make sure you are staying tuned on all of our mm. socials. And that is on Facebook at the Armchair Sports Guys, Instagram at the Armchair Sports Guys, Twitter at Armchair mm-hmm. underscore guys, and also on TikTok at the Armchair Sports Guys. And don't forget... If you want to be a part of our show, make sure you send us an email. It's thearmchairsportsguys at gmail.com. And you can get on a show, become a part of Hot Take Court if you want to debate one of us on a topic. Or if you want to join the show, you know, and you want to talk about a certain topic that has your interest peaked, send us an email and we'll get you right on. Uh, and it, like uh, Sean said, he's getting the link in our Facebook page I'm trying, for today. I'm trying. And uh, he should be able to get that hopefully up working, soon. Working on it. And uh, and then you can uh, dial in and join our show. But let's start with the Celtics because uh, they played last night. They're playing today in about a half hour. Um, I, you know, I, <laughs> I don't even know where to start with this team. Like I, like I said uh, uh, on Saturday, just full on Jekyll and Hyde. You know what I mean? Like really not – not great. I mean, they're they're 500 now. Um, you know, they they lost to Detroit on on that Friday game, uh, a game they never should have lost. They lost to Washington, another game they never should have lost, and then they beat Denver, which again isn't a game you should have lost. But you know, and yes, I get it. They did win, but uh, they face Atlanta tonight. Um, I, I don't know. I this team's pissing me off. <laughs> Just straight up pissing me off. I mean, right now they are three and a half games back. The Sixers are 18, 10, and 0. Are 18 and 10, sorry. Uh, Brooklyn Nets are 18 and 12. The Bucks are 16 and 12. The Celts are 14 and 13. Uh, and then you get the Pacers, the Knicks, the Raptors, and the Hornets all within, um, you know, a game or two behind the, the Celtics for fourth place. And that is in the Eastern Conference. But, like I say, going back, uh, even going back to, you know, to last week, you know, if we just cover over the last, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six games, lost at Phoenix, lost at Utah, won at home in Toronto, crushed Toronto, 
lost at Detroit, a uh, lost at home in Detroit, lost at Washington, win at Denver, a uh, win at home against Denver. Now you get Atlanta back to back at home tonight and on Friday. <clears throat> so I- I'm gonna uh, I want to start with you, Rich. What the hell is going on with this Celtics team? And I get it. They got Marcus Smart is out. But, like, Naismith's barely playing. You know, Pritchard was hot and cold. He scored, like, you know, 20 points, and then he had, like, two. You know, uh, Tatum had six points a couple games ago. Like, what the hell's going on with this team? They're being very – they're very inconsistent. I mean, obviously, they – can't put anything together to give them any sort of consistent winning effort. Um, It's, it's weird. Like you got guys that seem to want to be selfish or try not to be selfish, but then get upset because the guy they're trying to, you know, the, the situation with Brown and Williams the other night, three passes to him and one through the legs, one, he airmailed, you know, didn't come close to making a, a bucket. Um, the other one, I think, clanked off his goddamn Frankenstein stone hands. Um, and then, you know, Brown was clearly annoyed by that during the game. And, I mean, we forget um, Brown's 24. J- uh, Jason Tatum's only 22. I don't know if these guys have the maturity to handle difficulty on the team or difficulty with each other. And like you said, Marcus Smart's out. And, you know, year after year, we keep hearing how Brad Stevens is like some genius, but I'm still waiting for him to do something because honestly, it's what has it been three or four years since we were in the conference finals against LeBron and we went to seven games. That was the year that Kyrie was out. Yeah. Remember that was that like four years ago, three years ago. Yep. That seemed like the peak of his power. And, you know, with all the, and I know last year was kind of an anomaly because of the COVID situation in the bubble. But, like, what is Brad Stevens doing about any of this? It's like, we just keep – it's like Cam Newton every week. I got to get better. I got to get better. I got to get better. It's like they either got to shit or get off the pot. Danny's got to do something. Stevens has got to do something. One of these players has got – somebody's got to do something. Someone's got to grab the bull by the balls and be the man and just say, you know what? I'm going to put it on me. This is, this is how it's going to be. And if I fail, fine. But – I'm taking charge. Yep. Some one of those three entities needs to do it. Otherwise, yeah. it's going to be up and down all year. We're going to squeak into the playoffs and then get our balls kicked. Then I I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, it's got to be something that's got to it, it's got to be um, an end game, for lack of a better way of putting it. And you know, this team's got to figure it out and quick. Uh, Sean, I want your thoughts real quick on. Um, you know, what you think the Celtics uh, are lacking or need to do? Um, I think they're lacking leadership, man. It's like these, like Rich alluded to earlier, these guys are young and it's, it seems like they're lacking a veteran presence or somebody that'll just get in the huddle and say, listen, man, we got to, let's fucking go. We got to do this. Like they just don't have, and I guess Marcus Smart, you could say, is that guy. And now that he's out, I mean, it kind of shows like they don't have the passion a lot of these games, they look like they come out flat and they don't have the like that extra that gear. They're not getting into fifth gear. They're just kind of going through the motions, shooting up shots, not really looking for the open guy. I mean, and I think, yeah, it starts with the players because they're not performing. But also Brad's got to be a better motivator. He doesn't seem like he gets that team ready for ready for any big games. I mean, it's like he loves to get on after after the game or or 
day of the game and do a little, do his little interviews and say, yeah, we just have to be better. We have to be better. We have to be better. He says it over and over again. And it doesn't seem like they, they adjust. They don't, they don't work on the, with their shortcomings. It does, seems like he, he loves to say we have to be better, but it doesn't seem like they're actually trying to get better. And it's just, I, I just think there's like a lack of like a Kevin Garnett guy. I mean, I know he's a, a bold example of a guy that motivates a locker room because he was one of the best, but a guy like the, yeah, half of that would be perfect for this team. A guy that has a quarter of that energy would be someone that would try to unite this team. Cause I mean, obviously it doesn't seem like they really care. It, they've won five out of the last 15 games or I guess six out of 16 now after last night, but it just, there's no sense of urgency. There's no consistency. Like Rich said, um, doesn't seem like they really have anybody. It just seems like the blind leading the blind right now. And I think nobody wants to put blame on anybody really. They, well, it's, if it's the play, if it's not the players, then it has to be Brad. Well, if it's not Brad, then it has to be Danny, but it's just like this circle that keeps going around and around. And it's the blame just keeps getting passed to the next, but it never lands on anyone. Yeah. It's and, funny. They can pass the blame, but they can't pass the ball. Right. Right. It's crazy. Uh-huh. I mean, it's like they, everybody loves to say, Oh, well, no, Brad does this, but the players do that. But it, somebody has to be, this has to be the responsibility of somebody. So Danny needs to make a move. I mean, I know they're kind of stuck with, with the roster they have too, where nobody's going to take on Kemba's contract, especially with the knee problem. Marcus smart. Yeah. You could trade him, but what are you really going to net back? Um, the only thing that's going to get them anything is trading Tatum or Brown and they're not going to do that. So they're kind of stuck in like basketball purgatory right now with a coach that can't motivate his team players that can't seem to find the motivation to play when they don't have a hype guy on the court, like Marcus smart. And they just seem lost. It's a, it, the organization as a whole seems like the ship veered off and they can't find their way back to their destination. And I don't know what they're going to do to fix it. It just seems like they don't have the answers and they don't know where to find them either. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's funny. You, you, you talk about, you know, Danny needing to do a trade. So he went on, um, you know, he went on the, the the press tour, so to speak, spoke to the Herald, spoke to the Globe and had, you know, conversations with that. And he took a lot of the blame. And I will give Danny all the respect in the world. He took he said of all, you know, like the blame pie, it, it all should come or most of it should come to him. That's great. But Danny, you had all these opportunities to take these picks from, you know, the Nets, you know, the ones from Memphis. You know, any of these other picks, combine them, get them something, get some piece that you could use to do something. And you really didn't. Um, and I, I know you drafted 25 players to put up in Maine. Yeah. I mean, great. The right, the, the back to back to back main, you know, red claw champions. I mean, the G league t- title is, is really the, the fucking banner I want to hang in, uh, you know, in the garden. Let me tell you, it's what are the Indianapolis Colts? Hey, congratulations. <laughs> you want a game. Woo. Hang a banner. Um, you know, but you, you even mentioned like, you know, leaders, you know, smart is the only guy it, it, and Tristan Thompson is a little, yeah, but he does his play. His play doesn't back it up enough to the fact that anyone's going to buy into whatever he says. Anyway, he looks like he's lost on the court. And, and I thought that was a guy that was going to come in and make an impact. Yeah. Boy, was I wrong about that? Yeah, no, I I'm Jesus. with you as well. And, and, and that's the thing is, so if you look at the, the, the big three, right. And, and I love Kemba, but I'm sorry. He's not in it. In this case, the big three is Brown Tatum and smart, right? If you're, if you're using that, the big three number or a big three, you know, phrase Brown and Tatum Tatum is the best player 
on the team. Most talented, yeah. Most talented. Brown is the leader. And I am wondering if those guys are butting heads a little bit. And I know that there was a thing last year where I think it was Brown and Smart were throwing chairs at each other in the locker room after a game down in the bubble. But it makes me wonder if there's something with Brown and Tatum that is going on, that Tatum wants to be the guy, right? But he can't because Brown is the guy because he's the best leader for the, you know, like almost like if you're vocal and outspoken than Tatum is for sure. He, right. He definitely voices his opinion and tells people when he wants them that him to know something like he, I just see Tatum kind of taking a backseat in terms of being vocal about that, but I can see him getting pissed that he's not the one that is able to do that. Brad's his Brown's personality for sure. But I could see, I think you might be right when you talk about that because it seems like something's going on internally as well. And that's the other thing is like, you know, Brown had that press conference. You mentioned, you know, Grant Williams and his stone hands and, and um, you know, and, and the ball going through it. And it's like, um, and it's like awesome, you know, at his press conference that he didn't call out his teammates. You know, they're like, oh, well, what's, you know, what happened? What's going on? And he's like, God, no comment. You know, because you knew he wanted to throw guys under the bus, but he can't, you know, and, and, and I respect that. I think Tatum would have done the same thing. At least I hope Tatum would have done the same thing. I know Smart would have done the same thing. But to me, Brown has to – if it's, if it's you know, uh, uh, Jordan to Pippen, right? If it's, uh-huh. um, if it's Jordan um, is, you know, Tatum and Pippen is Brown, I almost think it should be reversed. Hmm. You know, get and – I, and I know it's crazy because Jordan was a great motivator himself. You know what I mean? Um, but I just think that that Brown has got to take control of this team. And when he wants to, he's unbelievable at scoring. It's just Jason Tatum just has that natural talent, right. you know, to 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 do that. Um, but we were talking, you know, again with with uh, with Danny when he was going on the press conference and, uh, and on the sort of that press junket tour, as as it were. Um, and you alluded to the next question I sort of had. All right, so you got a trade that you got to do if you're Danny. Let's be honest, you have to, right? It's just there's no there's no two ways about it. Um, you need to shake this up, and he basically put his team on notice that nobody is untouchable. Right. And I think they played that way yesterday. Question is, can they do it back to back without you know uh, Kemba? But beyond that, the question I have is, who do you trade for? Again, we've talked, I like Harrison Barnes, uh, being a North Carolina guy, obviously, but I think he's a good spot, in a good spot for this team. I think he would give the leadership that they need, but give a guy as big, it can shoot. I also like, as much as I hate the guy, I like J.J. Redick. I think that's another option as well. But here's a question I'm going to propose it to both of you guys. I'm going to start with, with you, Sean, on this, and then work to you, Rich. Do you do a bigger trade, and do you include... Marcus Smart or Jason uh, Tatum or Jalen Brown? And Sean, I'll, I'll, I'll start with you on that. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with trading Marcus Smart. Um, in terms of trading Tatum or Brown, probably not. Cause I mean, what are you, you're not going to get anything back. That's going to be as good. I mean, if you're going to do a trade that in, involves Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown, it's going to have to be like Kawhi Leonard Giannis, somebody like somebody somebody like that coming back, or I'm not interested. I'm not going to give them away. 
I'd be okay with that. I mean, he play, uh, I don't know how that would work here with Brad, but because he's kind of like a doesn't really fit the structure type. He's kind of like more like a, a free, like a free spirit on the court, does his own thing, you know. I don't, I don't know if he would fit into the way that Brad likes to play with all his wings and all that, but uh I mean I would I, back to Marcus Smart, like I'm I'm fine with trading him, man. Bring me somebody that can play basketball, that that knows his role, that can play in the middle, defend the rim. Shoot from the outside, like somebody like Julius Randle, somebody like Julius Randle for the Knicks. You don't, he's not somebody that would take a, a ton to, to bring him over. I mean, maybe a couple draft picks and I don't know, Jeff Teague, I, just throw somebody in there, <laughs> whatever. He's not, I mean, he's, he's not, he's not a superstar, Sack but you know what? He's a big guy that can shoot from the outside. He's shooting 40% from three this, this year. Um, he, he's averaging 23 points a game. And he plays in the middle and he defends the rim and he gets rebounds. This team lacks rebounding offensively and defensively. And they just lack a big man presence in the middle. So if you're asking me if I'm going to trade J- Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown, no, because that's the foundation of your team. You don't have anything else. And the sad thing is, is they don't have really much to give away without taking away a main part of their team. You take away Marcus Smart. That's a big piece from your lineup. So you better be putting somebody with even a bigger, um, impact back into the lineup if you're going to trade them. But I, I just don't see them doing anything that's going to put them in contention. There's nothing they can do without trading away the future of their franchise, basically to bring in a guy for a win now type scenario. So you think a guy like a Barnes or a JJ Raddick would be your best option with especially. I, yeah. Trade start, exception. Yeah. Bring them in. I mean, it's nice to have, it'll help them be better, but I, I just don't think there's anything out there right now that without having to give up too much to bring somebody in, that's going to make an impact that'll put them, in the in the championship running, I, don't, I just don't think that they can they have the firepower to do that without hurting themselves in the long run. All right, Rich. Uh, same question: Do you make a big trade by in and include either Brown, Tatum, or Smart in it? Um, I concur with Sean wholeheartedly. I don't think you can. They really have anything that anyone's going to want outside of Brown and Tatum. I mean, maybe Marcus Smart can get you something, but I doubt it's going to be enough to fill in the holes. And plus, you're going to be hurting yourself a little bit because I think he's a better defender. I mean, he's the top three defenders, Brown, Tatum, and and Smart, right? Basically, they're the ones that can cover people one-to-one. They go for steals. I mean, we really don't have a big man. There's not a lot of blocked shots. No, no, he's more focused on scoring. So it's almost like in hockey, when you have a guy that is your sniper, like you don't worry about him doing something else. So if they were to trade smart, they'd have to get another player who's equal to him defensively, maybe not offensively, but at least defensively. And then somehow come up with a second guy that can fill in the cracks for the scoring and maybe help out a little. Like they seem to have painted themselves into a corner. I mean, I don't know a whole lot about the structure of contracts and stuff in basketball, but I know that this trade exception that they got for Gordon was like a giant sigh of relief, but it's not doing anything right now. So like they hurt themselves in the Hayward situation because he was much better offensively than 80% of the roster. Um, So I don't know if they can do anything to right this ship. If they're going to play under expectation and not be as motivated, then I don't think anything's going to going to save this season. Maybe they should just keep Brown and Tatum and, and jettison the rest and try to bring in literally anyone, just something different for next year. 
and just start over. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I would, um, I would explore loosely. I would explore to see if you could get smart, um, you know, traded. And I love Marcus smarts, your heart and soul of this team, you know, no doubt, but I would do something if you could to try and maybe, maybe move him. If you can get a piece in, especially if you got a piece that you can control, like from a contract perspective, then that would be something that would be worth exploring. Uh, Cause I think maybe that, Maybe if you trade a piece like that, a key, you know, like I said, using the big three loosely, but if you trade that big three piece, that's going to literally put everybody on notice more than just Danny going on a talk show and saying, Hey, anybody's up for trade. You know? Yeah. Okay, great. But if you don't pull the trigger, then you go back to status quo of, yeah, Danny ain't going to do shit. Right. He's just saying that to keep people off his back for now. Right. But if you go and you trade smart, Whoa, Whoa, that's a wake up call. He's doing something right. That is, um, but we shall see again. They start uh, in about eight minutes going up against Atlanta. Um, I mean, again, it's a team. They, they should be good win for sure. I mean, I, I don't think Atlanta's all that great. Um, no, they're not. I mean, they're, they're 11 and 16, six and a half out of first place. And they are 11th in the conference. Yeah. It's a game you have to win. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're tied with the Miami Heat, and Miami Heat went to the finals last year. Right. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, hmm. it's becoming increasingly frustrating to watch. Sure is. You know, and 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 I was the disintegration of some of our franchises around here. Yeah, and 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 the, crumbling away. And that's the thing is, what hurts me more about this is is not just the fact that it's tough to watch but since Brad Stevens got here and you know and they and they you then picked up Brown and Tatum and they started building something really really building something for the future and you know three you know uh, finals appearances in four years and really just getting to that point I was like I would been telling everybody like dude Put your Celtics game on. Oh, I'm not a Celtic. And since Bird left and those guys, the game sucks now. It's too much individualization and too much. Th- I'm like, I get it. I get it. Watch this team. They're good. They're different. They're, there's something about them. Yeah. No. No. They become the same old dumbass team that Just, everybody yeah, else I, is. I can watch the Celtics game and I can watch them win. I can watch them lose. It's no, there's yeah. no, it's, eh, yeah. right? it's whatever. I'll, you know what I'll do is if I want to, I've been putting like honestly, I'll, I've been putting the Celtics game on like the iPad, put something else on the TV and iPad on, but with no volume and just look down. Yep. Oh yeah, oh okay, yep. So they're up by four. All right, or they're yep. up by ten. Yeah, maybe they'll blow it. You know, so I really haven't been paying attention. I, I mean, I've been paying attention and I look at the box scores and I, as, I, but it's I'm not I, I can't I'm not, not as invested as invo- anymore. Invested, yeah, yeah. Um, but. A team I'm very much invested in is your Boston Bruins, who, um, after having 16 weeks off with COVID from other teams, <laughs> are finally yeah, going to play tomorrow. Uh, they're going to play their second of the games that they were supposed to have against the Devils this week. The Monday game uh, got postponed due to COVID. So they go and they are at... Um, at home against Jersey. New Jersey, right? Is it home? Yeah, New Jersey. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was trying to Jersey. think. Yep. Uh, so home against New Jersey. And then, then they go out to lovely Lake Tahoe uh, to play the Philadelphia Flyers on Sunday afternoon. So let's just touch base on this game against um, against the Devils um, and how this team's played. Again, the last thing that we saw was they lost to the Islanders, a really good Islanders team. It was on a back-to-back, and I'll be honest, they looked lost. They looked sluggish. They didn't really look that great out there on uh, on the 13th, the last Saturday. So, um, Rich, I'm going to start with you on this one. Um, your thoughts on the Bruins right now, where they stand, what you're looking for, and, and um, you know, how you feel about this team. Well, I think everybody knows how I feel about this team. I'm very You proud hate of them. The Next, go on. Like the whole town knows you had a good time yeah. last night. Anyway. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly where I was going with that. God uh, love you, Sean Farhady, for picking up on that reference. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yes. Anyway. Um, I'm here for you. I've been, they've, been playing, they've been playing well. I mean, they've, they had a five-game win streak, 10-game point streak. They're – First in the in their Eastern Division, I don't even know what you call it. They're second overall in the NHL, one point behind. God damn, now I don't remember who it was. But they're second in the NHL in points. It's like 22 to 21 or 23 to 22. Anyway. Yeah, they have 22. Um, they're 19th, unfortunately, in goals for, but they're third in goals against, second in penalty killing. Um, so, I mean, on paper and off the top, it looks good, but underneath you can see some issues. My issues particularly are that it's still relying too heavily on Marshan, Bergeron, and Pasternak. After those guys, it the, the goal production drops. You got Hedgehog knocked in five goals, but four of those are on the power play, and I'm pretty sure he didn't even know he scored them when they bounced off his fat ass. <laughs> um, you had Pasternak, who started off like a house of fire with five goals in two games but since then he hasn't really done much um and then you have just riders on the bus like so many pieces of corn in your poo uh jake debrusque <laughs> has vanished this year jake debrusque has two points two assists in nine games yeah, that's not he's a minus two uh brandon carlo not enough production out of him sean corrali Chris Wagner. The one I'm most disappointed in is Charlie Coyle. He's playing 16 minutes a game. He's a minus three who has seven giveaways and he only has four points. So, and he looks real swell, you know, skating around in circles, holding the puck for a minute and a half, but <laughs> I, maybe every time he shoots the puck, he loses a year of his life. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> Made a deal with the devil. But the one, the one real silver lining, I think and because he's young, but Charlie McAvoy is finally getting some national attention. NBC and the NHL Network have been gushing about him recently. Going so far is to match him up in a statistical comparison for offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency with Kale McCarr from Colorado, who everybody's got a hard on for these days. And it's not hard to see why. The dude's a stud. Um, But our little McAvoy, our little chubby Charlie is – I mean, he's never going to be Ray Bork, but he might be this generation's Ray Bork for us. You know what I'm saying? Yep. He's getting that reputation as being a shutdown defender who can also, you know, put some points up. 
So it, I think that's good news. Um, I think Rask is, again, being his regular season mediocre self where he has a good game and then he shits his pants a little. I mean, he started to skate off the ice the other night in a tie game. He gave up two goals the other night to the Islanders that – One was soft as – I mean, we, ex- we expect it from Rask, but we'd be pissed if Halak gave up that goal. I mean, oh, I was pissed, pissed either way. We're not surprised. <laughs> we're not surprised, I should say. So I don't know. I would like to see him be more of a, I mean, this is like a fucking Christmas list every year of a little kid who asked for a pony. I just want Tuca to stop those soft shots. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, we need secondary scoring. Defensemen need to step up. The physical game has been great. Trent Frederick. I have a mental erection thinking about him throwing bombs the other night. Um, so we're going in the right direction. We're beating the people we're supposed to beat. We just need these guys to wake up and start contributing. No, I'm with you. I and I want to touch on a couple of things. I think your your Charlie Coyle assessment is 100% accurate. Um, I know that there was the the stat on the radio this week about the Corey Four and how how they rank and holding the puck and and they're like top on there. It's like yeah, great. But how about shooting the damn thing for a while? You know, the goal is to take this little piece of rubber that's like this thick and this round and put it into a net on the opposite side of where your goaltender's standing. How about doing that once in a while? That would be nice. Um, I also like the DeBrus thing. Mm-hmm. I think, I think um, you know, that's that's an interesting dynamic that he's not been doing so hot right now and and that they need to get him going um and sean before we get to you on your thoughts on it uh in regards to debrusque and pasternak uh they've decided to switch up and flip the uh, that perfection line so pasta's been dropped down uh, with krejci and they've moved debrusque up with Marshan and Bergeron. Um, so I want you to touch on that, Sean. Obviously, give me your thoughts on how you think things are going so far, but touch on that, and then, Rich, we'll come back and we'll get your thoughts on the, on that line change as well. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> overall, I think they're playing great. I mean, like Rich said, five-game five winning streak. They had uh, a 10-game point streak. I think they got a little bit of a wake-up call on uh, on Sunday um, against the Islanders. They uh, – I don't think they, they were ready for that one. Like you said, it was a back-to-back. So, I mean, you give them a little bit of leeway there playing back-to-back nights. But, yeah, they definitely weren't ready for that. And I think they've been they've been kind of just getting by against some bad teams. Like, wait until the third period to score three goals to win a game is not going to help you every time you go, you go down. I mean, they're not going to be able to do that and keep that and sustain that. And I think they found that out the hard way on Sunday against the Islanders. They go down early. They try to fight back. Then they end up going down by two, and it's it's a wrap. So, I mean – yeah, I agree with Rich as well. Like you need, you definitely need more secondary scoring. Like it, it's, it comes in waves. It's crazy because like everyone was saying, oh, they haven't scored five on five. They can't score five on five. And then all of a sudden the goals started coming and they started, they started hot and heavy, just putting them in the net. They were winning, just scoring five goals a game for a little stretch there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the, the, the brusque, putting him on the top line, moving Pasternak down. Yeah. I mean, and theoretically it sounds like it should be a, it should be a great idea, but I mean, they've done it before and it hasn't really done anything. I just, it's seems like they just keep going back to the well and looking for the same kind of solutions. Like they did that in the playoffs. They did that last season. They've done it two seasons ago. I mean, yeah, it's nice to switch things up, but I just, I, I don't know if DeBrusk is, is going to benefit from playing with those two guys because he doesn't really, he, he's streaky too. And so are they. The whole that whole line a lot of times can go can go cold for a while. So 
It's, I mean, I know it's, it's not, not a perfect science mixing, mixed and matching your lines and everything. And, and theoretically, this should be a good move. Put DeBrusque up there, get him going with Marshawn uh, and Bergeron. They've been playing very well. And Pasternak came, came in, lighting the lamp right off the bat, five goals in two games. Um, put him down, get a little production from your second line, get Krejci going, make him feel good. But it, will it happen? I'm not sure because we've seen it before and it never really changed anything. So yeah, I think it's a, Fine thing to do now. I mean, it's early in the season. See if you can mix things up. See, strike gold. Catch lightning in a bottle for a little while, maybe. But I don't know. I'm not going to go wild about it because we've we've seen it before and it, it wasn't great. So maybe it'll work this time. I don't know. But, I mean, overall, the team's playing great. Yeah, Tuca, he has his moments. But there's not a really not a better pair of goalies in the league. I'd rather have them, the two guys we have going back-to-back. So, they're in a good shape. They are. And the young guys are stepping up. So there's not really much to worry about as long as they can cons- be consistent and, and keep scoring goals. That's the biggest thing. Like Rich said, is secondary scoring. That's my only concern right now, too. Yeah, I, the secondary Fuck. scoring I'm, I'm worried about as well. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, second scoring. I'm back. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> right. <laughs> my phone just off, fell out of my fell hand. Off a cliff. <laughs> I am definitely <laughs> worried about flip. the secondary uh, scoring as well, um, but uh, and I don't mind the the changing of the first two lines. Like you said, maybe get DeBrus going. You know, make Krejci feel good that he's got another playmaker on and a goal scorer on his line. Kind of get that line going as well. Um, I, I I agree that we have the best two goaltenders uh, tandem. I just, I mean, that, that the couple of the goals that Rask gives up, though, is still, like, you're a professional goaltender, right? How do you let a goal just come slip through, you know, a, a, a lazy changeup, go right through your 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 pads? You know what I mean? On, on, on a shot that nobody was screening you at. You know what I mean? It wasn't a slap shot with 15 people are in front of the net and gets redirected 16 times and looks like a knuckle puck. This thing was right at you. And you still let these soft goals in. Like that that will forever and I will tell you. Rask leaves the team, he retires, whatever we get, goalie du jour, whoever it is, come in. The same thing happens, I'm going to still rail on that goalie again. Now once in a while, okay, those are fine. But this seems to be a consistent thing with Rask that he can't stay focused. Like, give him more Ritalin, right? Give him more. Get him some Adderall or something. I mean, fuck, get him some cocaine. I don't care. Let's get this guy <laughs> focused. I mean, uh, yes, it's funny that he came out of the net when they were tied because they thought they were down and, you know, hey, everything worked out great, right? You know, Marshan got the goal, uh, you know what? 40 seconds into overtime anyway. So they ended up getting the, you know, the, the extra point out of it. Awesome. Great. And then everybody can have some laughs and yucks and whatnot, but I, I can't, I can't yeah, have, they lost. I can't have my top goal. Exactly. Can't have my top goal. If they scored, if they had top scored figure. on that sequence, it wouldn't oh. have been funny. I would, again, we would have no. been railing. He's such against. a freaking flutter brain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, let's sort of transition in with the Bruins as well. How we were talking earlier with the Celtics, you know, should they make moves? What moves should they make? And, and Sean, I'm going to start with you on this. 
we're almost halfway through in the shortened season, right? You know, uh, you know, a good, a good, you know, solid, you know, number of games in, um, you know, and, and Rich back to your point real quick. Uh, Toronto's got the 24 points. Bruins are at 22, but nipping right. at the heels in the, and I say the East, but the Eastern conference type thing, Tampa Bay's got 21. They're, they they could eat and they're and they're, a they're plus in an 20. easy they're in an easy conference and, exactly and they're in a plus twenty two you're only at a plus yeah. twelve joke Florida's plus four they got twenty points Carolina's plus fourteen at twenty right behind you uh you know Montreal once we hit those you know bastards up north they got twenty points they're plus thirteen you know what I mean so it's not like there are teams that are like you know oh crap you know. We're we're wicked far behind. We're gonna you know have some problems. They got some they got some uh, some some things to to worry about and things that they need to fix. So again, Sean, uh, the long winded way of getting to it. Do you, if you're Don Sweeney, do you try and make a move? Do you try and switch it up a little bit? Do you try and switch it up a lot? Do you try and you know figure out? Another piece of the puzzle, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, adding like, um, you know, a guy at the deadline, like a Mark Recchi type thing or, you know, a veteran guy that you can put in on the second or third line that can spark it up so you can keep your perfection line, you know, together. Yeah, I mean, if I if I had to choose something, I guess that would be my my only I mean, I don't think they need to do anything drastic. They. um they have a good young core. They have a, they have a good uh, veteran leader core. I mean, I think they have a pretty diverse group of athletes on that team. The guys that can do different, different things with different skill sets. I think they have enough, but I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't hate them going out to get like a veteran guy, like a recce or um, I don't know. So say insert any 35 year old guy that can still put the puck in the net that skates. Well, you know what? Any guy that that's cheap enough, I don't want them to go out and give away or get rid of anybody that, like a young defenseman. I wouldn't want to see them or give. They they they've done a good job grooming these guys, and it showed. Like look at how these guys like Lozon and um, Zaboro, they've all stepped in and they're they're filling in their role pretty well. So I mean, I don't want to see them just get a little trigger happy and start firing out guys because they think they can. They're a dime a dozen in their in their farm system. These guys have come through the ranks and they're playing well. I mean, and I don't want to see them get crazy with it, but at the end of the day, if they want to add somebody to throw on the second line with Krejci, I wouldn't, I'd be fine with that. Um, I wouldn't want to give up too much to do it, but yeah, I mean, you're, you could always use more depth. That's, that's something that's never going to change with the way injuries happen. And especially now with COVID, if some guy gets, gets COVID bad and has to stay out for a month or whatever, you know, you're going to need guys to step up. So I wouldn't, yeah, like I said, I wouldn't go crazy, but I think maybe one or two depth pieces will be nice if they have to or if they want to. If they see a guy that seems like he's reasonably priced or or someone they really like becomes available, then sure. But I wouldn't I wouldn't panic at this at this at this point because they're they're playing pretty well and they're they seem to seem to be gelling well as a team. So I'd say leave it alone for now. All right. Rich, your thoughts on that. Same topic. <clears throat> um you know, I think they do need to make a move uh, only because, like I said before, their lack of secondary scoring. I mean, it's still a little early. So, I mean, and it's only been 14 games. But if these guys don't start breaking out, I mean, they're going to have to make a change somewhere. You, you can't just be happy with your first line being 
70% of your offense or relying on your power play. I mean, you, you, you're going to need secondary scoring. And if guys like Corrali and Wagner and, uh, you know, DeBrusque, especially if he can, I mean, moving DeBrusque up to the top line, it's, it's funny. I, I look at moving up to top lines in two ways. Either you earned your way up there or they're trying to save your ass. So I think DeBrusque should be nervous because they're trying to save his ass because he has just disappeared offensively. Yeah. Um, but I don't want to put him on the block just yet. I mean, there's not it. a lot of guys that would have put on the block. And I hate to say this, and we've been talking about it for years. And um, I think the one tradable asset the Bruins have is David Krejci. Oh, is that I think so? he's, he's the only one that really can get us something valuable that we're willing to part with. They're not going to trade Marshy. They're not going to trade Bergeron. Sure, Shane ain't going to trade McAvoy. And like Sean said, I don't think they should be trading people like Luzon or uh, Frederick or Studnika or Zaboral. I mean, they've shown a little promise. They got a little jump. They got a little juice. You know, they're they're That's what they need to do. Is stay young too. Yeah, yeah. they got so enough. I they think, got enough older guys to. Yeah, I mean Kevin Miller. I, you know, I'm I'm actually stunned that he's played 14 games and not broken yet. That dude's like a freaking you know, Ming vase that you're, it's almost like tossing a football trophy from boat to boat. You're just afraid something bad's going to happen. So, but that, that's the one area I think that they need to improve on is they need a big defenseman who's experienced. We have the kids, the kids are doing great. McAvoy's the leader. Carlos, you know, 25, he's coming along. Um, I think we need a little bit of a grit, a little bit of, of defensive mindedness. A lot of our guys seem to be offensive minded. Maybe a stay at home, bigger dude. That's written in secondary scoring. Those are the only ways. But I don't think it's as bad as having to make a trade that hurts us. I think a trade can be made that doesn't really hurt us and, you know, helps us out. So well, we'll it, see. A little bit early. We'll see how these guys play. It, it's funny you mentioned Jake DeBrusque. He's got no goals, two assists, two points total, and a minus two overall. I, I mean, I, to me, you, yeah. you know, he's a young kid. He's, he's got a lot of potential, but I wouldn't. I mean, I would hate to see him go. But I mean, if you tell me you can get something for him, you know, like you said, that veteran leadership on the back end, that might not be a bad move. I mean, if you have to pull in, you know, maybe you got to throw in, uh, you know, somebody else in there, maybe a guy from the minors or whatnot, but. I don't, I don't mind that at all. I mean, and again, I say that is, and I don't want to see Jake DeBrusque off this team. I like him. I think he's a solid player. I think he can offer a lot of uh, for us in this season and beyond, but you just signed him to a really cheap contract. If I'm correct, he just signed for like two or three years at like maybe six, 7 million total. I think it was like around so, six. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't like you signed him to like, no. you know, the, 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 the stupid Peter Shirelli contracts that he gave like seven years and 48 million and stuff for guys, you know? So it's like, you've got some wiggle room with a guy like DeBrusque and, you know, like you said, it's sort of shit and get off the pot time. You know, he's moving up to the first yeah. line with, with, you know, two, at least one surefire Hall of Famer in Bergeron. And you could say borderline, you know, Hall of Famer in Brad Marchand. Um, I mean, his career projecting and trajectory is still going up there, and he certainly could be a Hall of Famer down the road. Uh, I think he needs a lot more years and a lot more points, but he's well on his way to, to, to being a guy who could be in uh, the NHL Hall of Fame. 
So you yeah, Bergeron's definitely Bergeron's there. definitely in there. Yeah, yeah. No, Bergeron's in there already, without question. Uh, it's just a matter of when he retires and the timing. Uh, but Martian again, borderline could be, you know, if he keeps his trajectory going. So you're moving up there. Like you said, you've either earned it or you're getting your ass saved. So if he doesn't start performing, yeah. whether it's assists or goals with those two guys, you know, I, I sorry, you, you, you might be gone. You might be that. Yeah, you see him being on the block. Yeah, yeah. He was kind of that first wave of young guys that came in too. So he's been around a little long. He a lot could be longer. this team's Ryan Donato. Remember right. he traded Donato yeah. for Coyle yeah. two years ago. Yep. yep. I yep. hope not. I mean, I like DeBrusque. I think he's a good player. Um, he just like very streaky. I don't know what happened to him. Yeah. Like yeah. he's disappeared yeah. and by the way Marshan only needs one goal for 300 in his career he's got 664 points tomorrow night baby yeah he's so, definitely uh, trending upward it would be sweet to get it tomorrow night at home mm-hmm. yeah yeah um and, and obviously on saturday we're going to talk more about the uh the, the winter classic whatever they call this now but the the series and the, the, the game in lake tahoe um, if you haven't seen the pictures, there's some beautiful, looks like mystery Alaska. It really does. Yeah, it's pretty cool. um, and it looks really kind of cool great movie. Uh, about how they, uh, yeah, great movie as well um, about how they, um, you know, they do it all, you know, and, and have it all set up. So we'll be getting more into depth on them as well. Um, but we were talking about, uh, you know, um, you know, things that we want to see change. And I want to talk about the, the Red Sox. Good. We talked about the Red Sox. Um, <laughs> honestly, so I wore, I wore the shirt. I wore the shirt yeah. for you, George. Great. Pitches and catches reported today all along the major leagues. Who cares? You want you want you want your me? You know what? Somebody time me. You want your Red Sox minute right now? Here's your Red Sox minute. Nobody gives a shit. I do. You got 97, you got 57 seconds more of silence. That's it. <laughs> like, honestly, like, I, I, and I'll, I'll speak for Rich. And, and only reason I know I can, I'm going to speak for Rich is because I know I can speak for Rich in this sentence, right? And Sean, I'm sure I can speak for you on this, but Rich and I have had this conversation dating back decades, centuries even, since we've been around. Yeah, centuries. Centuries. <laughs> we loved baseball. To our core, yeah. I know Rich is a huge hockey fan, but to our core, baseball is is uh, is our sport. It's there's a there's an there's a love, there's an appreciation, there's the just all the nuances that go into baseball, how it's played, the strategy, scoring the game as a fan, you know, the the smell of the grass, the snap of the glove, the crack of the bat, the, yeah, the, all of it. I've always said that baseball will always be my wife. Every other sport is a mistress. Because I love the game that much, right? I do. I really do. I couldn't give two shits about this Red Sox team and about baseball anymore. They haven't even started yet. I didn't watch a single game last year. I barely watched. Not one game did I I watch. Maybe through the course of watching games randomly, I may have caught 10 games last year. Of watching them, you guys are piss poor. Not fans. the Red Sox. No, I, I I'm not a piss poor they, man. And and we have a right, man. They treated us like I piss know, poor I fans know. to begin with. And that's the thing is it. They're, they're, oh, I'll they're, be I'll be in the same boat as you guys soon. I just I'll wait for the I'll wait cheating, till, uh, till spring training before I before I get pissed off about it. it's, it's still too cold out to care. Like okay, I'm, that's I'm still okay. Optimistic. Fair, fair. It's fair. still too cold out to get angry about it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna inundate myself with 
with Let's stroke and spring with training stress started. and anger about oh it's still snowing sean don't worry once I'll you're wait. older I'll once wait. you're older once you're older once you're our age it's gonna happen naturally I'll, i've told oh. everybody oh trust me i'm getting there i've told but everybody for, for the red sox I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll wait till at least april to start getting pissed off no, they, so I will tell you once you once you turn once you turn forty, I believe this is I, innately. I believe this. There's a there's a there's a there's a, a a capsule like right one of those you know dissolving self dissolving capsules body time release that that fi- that finally gets done and all your time release is done on your fortieth birthday, and that time release is the actually the give a shit time release. As soon as you hit forty. You become the get off my lawn, grumpy old man. <laughs> I hate everything, oh, you I little young whippersnappers. And and it's glorious. And man, it is so the feeling of euphoria that hits your body is is a high like I've never had before in my life. <laughs> and then beyond that, you everything start, is miserable. You, yeah, that's exactly you start getting so pissed and angry and have a friggin' stroke every time about whatever yeah. you're passionate about. So sports for me, I damn near have a heart attack almost every time on the show I because know. I get so angry because it's so furiously <laughs> frustrating to deal with some of this stuff. But I digress. I, the biggest thing right now I'm worried about for the other talks is Martin Perez going to wear 33 or 54. Okay. Not wearing 33. I'm just yeah, like that's all I give a shit about right now. Those are the, oh, those are the big headlines these days. And, and, and I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you, Martin Perez is the only pitcher I can name. Oh, that's not true. Garrett Richards. Why are we excited about Garrett this guy? Richards. Who? Who? Garrett Richards. You know who Garrett Richards is. Garrett no, Richards hasn't pitched a full season in six I years. Know, I know. Right. What's his I, Japanese... I know who he is. That's who's all I'm saying. Did, did, no, the, the Japanese relief <laughs> guy. Yeah, they, I don't know his name. I yeah, saw yeah. they signed him yesterday. Yeah. He, apparently he throws who the 100, hell knows? throws 100 miles an hour. Listen so that's to cool. the last four guys that they got that we're supposed to get excited about. Marwin Gonzalez. Franchi him. Cordero. I don't know who that is. Hernandez. Hernandez. Do you love me? Kike Hernandez is going to be sneaky good for the Red Sox this year. I bet. I bet he hits Dude, 20 home what? runs at Fenway. Playing second base. Kike Hernandez isn't a bad baseball player. He's pretty good. He'll hit 20 home runs. Our home 2018 baseball. outfield is gone. That's okay. Two thirds of it I'm sad about. One third of it about it should have happened years ago. <laughs> Fucking Jackie Bradley Jr. Piece of shit. ALCS MVP with three goddamn hits. They were all home runs. Like I'm looking at this at their depth chart. Matt Barnes is our closer. Seriously, I hope not. We don't have a closer. Yeah, hopefully they get one. <laughs> no, but we got a shit ton of openers, Rich. Chris Sale is he even going to pitch. Even gonna pitch. Nah, not not for like the first half of the season. I don't think Eddie Rodriguez won 20 games, then blew out his knee, then got COVID. God knows what he's going to be like. Nathan Evaldi's bionic elbow hasn't lasted a full season in like five years. Like as awesome as I was, as I felt the Red Sox began with this ownership back in the early two thousands is as bad as they are now. They're not even trying. They're basically scooping up dog crap, putting it in a bag and thankfully not lighting it on fire. And selling it to you as a brick for $500. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then they're saying, this is premium product. Come watch at this, you know, stadium that you can't really fit in because you're all fat now compared to what it was like in 1912. Our beer is piss warm and stale. Our peanuts have been around for a hundred years and, you know, but come spend $48 to sit 
you know, in an obstructed VC. Our, our hot dogs still have the same water they used when Babe Ruth was hitting bombs here. Yeah, Dude, I'm with you. The Red Red Sox I, what, what are the apex off, of taking their fans for granted. What pisses me off more, and, and we're going to obviously get into more Red Sox talk once spring training kind of gets underway, and we're going to do, you know, a little preview, I'm sure, of, uh, of the team. I'd like to preview the AL East, how we think it's going to shake up. What, I'll, I get think you, was, I'll get you excited about this I, team. I think it was. Yankees I think it was. are going to beat the shit out of everyone. <laughs> That's how it's going to shake. I up. think it was sporting news <laughs> that had the Orioles with a zero point zero chance of making the playoffs. They had this the Red Sox at almost forty seven percent. What in the hell were they smoking? I want the weed that they got because that. I was going to say it's got to be better than mine. That's fantastic, <laughs> but. What I will say about that about the Red Sox that pisses me off more than anything in this world, right? They are going to have the second highest payroll and almost two hundred and five million dollars spent on payroll. Yeah, well, that includes Dustin Pedroia, oh, David Price. Hold on, hold on, I was going to get there. You jump, jump oh, on my thunder. Oh, okay. wow, you the way you said it. You were no, just well, telling no, no, you were gonna... no, no, no. Yeah, I was, they have I was payroll gonna... for guys that don't even hear anymore. I, right, and so yes, agreed. Dustin Pedroia, David Price, guys like that that they're paying to not be here. I get that. I get that. But I'm if so, they didn't have that going on, they wouldn't be the second highest payroll. It doesn't, Definitely yeah, but, not. But it doesn't matter, in my opinion. They should be. Oh, I agree with you. It, you are I the Boston Red Sox. This is there. You you should be at or above the luxury tasks every single year. Who gives a damn what you have to pay extra because God. of the fact that this exactly is what should happen. Like I, I'm, I for 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 people to sit back and say that. The Red Sox, you know, are, are, you know, oh, well, they got a really good thing going. You know, they, they've, you know, they, they're going to be rebuilding and all of this horseshit, absolute horseshit, because I'm Those sorry, motherfuckers. I'm just, I, I'm, you should, you should not have to, in my opinion, cut payroll. This is, but Kansas City Royals are spending money and you're not. What are we doing? What 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 are we doing if that's if that's gonna be what you're gonna do, Boston, and, and John Henry and 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 Larry Lucchino or whatever, and, and all those guys. If that's what you're gonna do, then don't then don't 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 do don't it. Put it. Don't do it either. Don't do it Just or don't, don't do tell it. me that it's that this is the greatest thing and we're gonna be awesome and this is how the whole thing's gonna work. Don't. Just don't. Just don't because I don't care. I don't want to hear it anymore. I don't, I'm not, you can stop feeding me this hot bag of crap and telling me to buy it because that's all it is. I mean, and and we could go round and round on this about a lot of this, but this whole save, thing, save it for when it gets warmer. It, this whole thing just, it, to quote, oh, it's frustrating. To quote one of my favorite movies. I'm Roger just trying Luke, to stay optimistic. That's all. Yeah. Well, I'm trying my hardest. God damn it, Sean. Turn for me right now. I will not let you corrupt <laughs> me yet. It's still too cold to get corrupted about baseball. To co- What's the Hold ground? on. I'm going to corrupt you in oh, one out. second. To quote one of my favorite movies, this stinks like yesterday's diapers. And that is from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I'm going to give Rich the last word, and then we're going to go to I framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, go ahead, sir. What is your... Right, I just really... I want to real quickly point out, because you just brought up the contract, so I looked it up. First of all, of active players, four players, Sale, Bogarts, Martinez, and Navaldi make up nearly $70 million. 
over 50%. Avaldi, who makes the least out of those four, makes up 10%. And the next guy drops down to 5%. And it's all like, so we're paying basically four dudes to be on this team. And then you brought up, and I this just shocked me. I don't know if you saw my jaw drop. We're paying Manny Ramirez $2 million this year for some reason. Yeah. Price 16, Pejoria 12, and Benny 2.8. That's over $100 million in player, four people, two of which are injured, and three of which don't play anymore. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> it's, good, it's good money management. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Holy shit, yeah. dude. And, and and then we got a guy who's uh, you know, the GM of a team in Tampa, or used to be the GM of a team in Tampa back. that could literally that could literally just wants to be, you know, like moneyball, like, hey, we're gonna nickel and dime you. That's why they brought him a, in to yeah, drop yeah. this down to nothing. Yeah. And then and here's the thing, what's gonna piss me off more, oh. we're gonna get off this topic because Rich and I have to battle on hot take court. You gotta save some energy for the I'm gonna say this court, one thing. You're getting the all worked up. You guys are going to be sleeping, taking a nap, sweating. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> the thing that's going to piss me off the most is if this dumb fucking ownership group oh, actually unreal. wins with this team or wins with a team like oh, this. You'll never see a game like, no, like team and, like we and, used to have. And, ever and we're never going to. And we, yeah, and, and it's like, oh great, well we can win with a payroll of twenty million. That's what they'll they'll, they'll put a cap on it if that happens. God, I'll be so pissed. But oh my god. All right, let's, let's get, get into this. I want to hear you guys argue before you both have to go to bed and watch murder show. <laughs> <They're> esti- <laughs> Father Dowling Mysteries, thank you. Don't Their you tax bill is 52 million dollars. Yeah. Their tax. 52 million dollars. Yeah. All right, yeah, I got to stop thinking about it. I'm getting angry. You know what the thing of it is, is Sean, is we're angry when people drive slow, but we're also angry when they drive fast. And they're supposed to drive the speed. We want them to drive, but they'll never know what it is. That's what it's like to be our age now. Well, let's I get... am the most curmudgeonly curmudgeon whoever curmudgeon. <laughs> that is for damn sure. Let's get us to hot take court. Uh, it is... The battle of the two olds, the two curmudgeons, uh, myself versus Rich Mays, on the topic of being, you know, speaking of the Red Sox and people that are being paid to not be here, on (laughs) Dustin Pedroia. Is he or is he not a Hall of Famer? Uh, Rich is on the side of... I say the nay! Rich is on no. I am on yes... Uh, Sean will be our esteemed judge with the time. So the honorable Sean Farhadian, um, I will let you choose who gets to go first and, uh, keep our time. It's if you haven't watched hot take court folks, you get three minutes to make your point. Both of us do rich and I, then we get one minute of a wrap up and sort of rebuttal. And then the judge closing argument, closing arguments, as it were. And then uh, good call, Sean. Thank you. And then uh, Sean makes his ruling. Our, our esteemed, honorable uh, Sean Frahadian. So, Sean, right. I'll let you let's, take it over. Uh, let's start. You're, you're four, George. You want him I, in the Hall I of Fame? Am, we'll start I'm, there then. And we'll have Rich argue your points back to you. All right. As we're a quarters in session. <laughs> I know. I made um, one of those. So let me go here. Let's do this. I'm going to highlight, spotlight this, go there, and boom. All right. So, All right, yes, ready? I am Three ready. minutes. Your time starts now. Okay. 
So Dustin Pedroia should be a Hall of Famer, and there's a few reasons why. One, basically, he was MVP, Rookie of the Year, four-time All-Star, okay? Played his whole whole career with one team. Now, that doesn't necessarily matter, but for me, I think it's kind of cool. And he had uh, a total of 922 runs, 18, uh, oh, sorry, 1,805 hits. For home runs, he had 140. Stolen bases, 138, 725 in RBI. He had just around at 299, so right around 300 batting average. Uh, OBP of 365, slugging of 439, and uh, OPS of 805. Okay? So those are just his stats that I think get in. But what really gets me is this, Okay? I'm going to read you a list of names, all right? We're going to start most recent. Larry Walker, Mike Mussina, Harold Baines, Alan Trammell, Tim Raines, Jeff Bagwell, Craig Biggio. Uh, let's see. Burt Blylevin. Um, who else? Who else can we go with? Uh, I think that's good enough. I think we can stop from there. After that, you get some pretty good ones, and there's not. Bill Mazeroski, all right, veterans, I, I can agree with that. Um, Orlando Cepeda was good, so I'll give you that. But generally speaking, those guys, most of them, are in the hall of really good. Very good. But if you're going to let Larry fucking Walker. Larry Walker, who played most of his career or all of his career in Colorado, where the air is free like the weed is cheap. The dude hit bombs. He was a good player, but he played in Colorado. So you got to deflate his numbers a little bit. But if you're putting in guys like that, Harold Baines, are you shitting me? Jeff Bagwell? Jeff Bagwell? No, maybe, maybe not. But Craig Biggio? Craig fucking Biggio. You, why don't you put Craig Council in there? 20 seconds. Why don't you put, why don't you put Jenny wow. Craig in there? Like, seriously. Wow. They, this has become, this isn't the Hall of Fame anymore. This is the Hall of Very Good. And here's why he's also in. If you're not including the steroid guys, he has to get in. Because he has the numbers to get in if you're not putting the steroid guys in. Time. Wow, you timed it pretty well there, bub. Thank you, sir. All right, Rich, you ready for your rebuttal? Yeah, man, I'm goddamn ready. Your three minutes starts now. All right, hip-hop. While you were making your argument, you kind of made mine, listing off guys who are very good that don't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame that got in, so it's time to cut the cord. Pedroia, I'm not going to resort to talking shit. I love the little general, Dusty Two Sacks, the laser show, whatever you want to call him. Um, but he's Hall of Good, and I'll tell you why. You listed off his career uh, numbers. He, now, he played 14 seasons. What if I told you he was only good for, like, nine of those? I selected between him, the two, the gentlemen that you mentioned that were in the Hall of Fame, including another, and other guys who played in, during his time that aren't Hall of Fame considerable yet. Pedroia, I matched up against Biggio, Alomar, Utley, and Robinson Cano. 
in that short 10 years, I, I picked 11 seasons, age 23 to 33. Pedroia was under in games, at bats, runs, hits, doubles. Uh, doubles he actually did well in. Triples, his lungs. He was next to last in RBI. He was dead last in stolen bases. He only walked 615 times. And his 302 average sounds impressive, but literally everybody else on that list also batted around 300, give or take. He was a three-time All-Star and a four-time Gold Glover, I'll give him that. But Biggio was a seven-time All-Star, won Gold Gloves at two positions, and played for 20 years for the same team. Roberto Alomar, it's not even a comparison, 11-time All-Star, 10-time Gold Glover, blah, blah, blah. Even Chase Sutley was a four-time Silver Slugger, and he was considered a scary hitter. I don't ever remember people really being that worried about Dustin Pedroia because they were mostly worried about Manny and Poppy. And he had some really great seasons. Like I said, I'm not here to talk trash about him, but he, he didn't play long enough. Um, his statistics aren't comparable to other guys who are in the Hall of Fame and are considered for the Hall of Fame. If you match him up against guys like Ryan Sandberg and Rod Carew, it's like you laugh. Like, <laughs> yeah, Dustin Pedroia, that's cute. And then you talk about the postseason. In 51 games, he batted 233. He, he showed up for one ALCS and was nowhere to be found the rest of the time the team was in the postseason. Great early career, rookie of the year, two rings, was the MVP, uh, led the league in hits. But he didn't really lead the league in any other categories. And I lost a big chunk of respect for him after the Manny Machado incident when he literally, during a game, pointed across the dugout and said, that was them, not me. 20 seconds. I thought right, right there was just the ultimate stabbing your team in the back moment. You don't say that shit in public, never mind during the middle of a game. You talk to your teammates after, and you talk to Machado after. Um, and he was also here during the beer and chicken fiasco. So, I, I don't know. He's really good, but he's not hall worthy. Time's up. George, your closing argument. Are you ready? I am. One your minute. Honor. <clears throat> so, Rich, you you actually just cemented my point, to be honest with you. Because if those guys that are already in the Hall of Fame are already in the Hall of Fame, then Pedroia needs to be there. If you're not, I mean, again, and I use it this way, nobody got elected into the Hall of Fame this year because of steroid users and all that crap, right? God. I agree. That's that's such a a crap reason. But here's the thing. If those guys aren't going to get in, you're going to have to start putting in the fringe guys that are there. And for, for, you know, Craig Biggio, I know he played 900 frigging games. I mean, 900 frigging years. I get it. But that was, he played for so long that they kind of almost had to put him in there. So if you're going to compare him to guys like that, he has the stats and he was a better player than those guys may not have played as long, but he deserves to be in that hall of fame because he was the best at his position when he was playing during his time. Time. Thank you, Your Honor. Rich? And I have to agree. He was very good while he played. But at some point, you got to stop putting guys in. Just because, Well, he was really good for five years, and I like the Red Sox. I am a very pure Hall of Fame guy. There are a lot of people I wouldn't let in there. There's different ways I would classify the people who are in there. 
And I think at some point you just got to stop putting in the players that were really good because you remember how good they were and just really focus on the guys who are the cream of the crop in the league. I mean, Robinson Cano was more feared than, than Pedroia was, you know, like there were players who were high ranked higher in terms of recognition and fear factor than, you know, Pedroia. And I just, I don't think his statistics back up a chance to, you know, be elected. He's he three or four more full seasons and he might've got there, but he just falls short, even of guys who weren't the most offensive minded second baseman, you know, like Rod crew was a, wasn't a power. Hitter. He only hit 92 homers, but he batted 328 and won like six batting titles. Up it up. You know? So, all right. Like Kobe, it's wrapped. All right. Sean, your ruling. Yeah, this is a tough one because I like I like this uh, I like this topic, and I think I could see it go either way. But based on the facts that have been presented to me today, I will have to rule with the defendant. Rich Rich has convinced me Dustin Pedroia Hall of Fame. Suck it. <laughs> really? Yeah, you put Nomar just... in there. No, Nomar's another Hall of Good. I think I, if I'm gonna let me give you a little, uh, a little minute thing here. I think, I mean, I guess you can make you can make the argument both ways. I mean, he and I think ultimately what Rich said, where where he struck struck a chord with me was just the longevity. I mean, he had a good rookie of the year, won an MVP, won three rings, uh, three time All Star. He just didn't have a like didn't go long enough, didn't have enough as some of the other guys. And, and I agree, there are some guys in the Hall of Fame that shouldn't be there. And I think you could say, because they're in, you can put Pedroia in, but I don't want them to be in either. Like, I, I don't think guys like Harold Baines and Larry Walker should be in the Hall of Fame anyway. So I guess based on them being in, you could put him in, but I don't think he should be. I just don't think he has quite quite reached the level of hall of fame hall of really good sure great player great leader the red sox hall just falls famer. just falls quite a bit all oh, red sox hall of famer for sure but just falling i think just just short of the hall of fame that's how i feel well i mean i you know you're both i i, I mean it's fine. a tough it's <laughs> I was just gonna say, you're gonna be like well you're both wrong it's a tough call it could go i could see it going either way would i, I mean, be surprised if he ultimately have, ends up getting in no but do I think you should be? No, no, I wouldn't be either. I just, I don't I want guys to get but... in that were. Right. I agree with Rich on that, really on that point. The top of the top, you know, like the Hall right. of Fame. I guess maybe the problem is I grew up reading stories about Babe Ruth and Ty Cobb and Ted Williams. And it's like they achieve mythical status. Right. And then it's like Harold Baines. Oh, yes. He belongs next to Ted Williams. Like it, yeah. it just, no, he does not. Yeah. No, I. Like, Purple I-11 doesn't deserve next to Tom Glavin or, you know, any like those superstar pitchers that we think like Purple I-11 and Bob Gibson. Like, no, man, that just, it doesn't go. Yeah. No, they I shouldn't have gone. I, I will tell you. So honestly, I, I do feel the same way that if, if the hall of fame voting hasn't become like, sort of the, the, the pussification of America. Like, hey, everybody gets a ribbon. Everybody gets in. Yay. You know, then, yeah, he shouldn't get in. But if you're putting in, if you're putting in Harold Baines, and again, I liked Harold Baines. I thought he was a hell of a player. You put in Larry Walker. 
again, hell of a player, but eh, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I mean, then why can't Pedroia who gets, eh, you know what I mean? Like you should get in too, but it's that is it. Well, ah, yeah, well, it's, yeah, I that is it. That is our show. Quick uh, update. I'm looking uh, right now. The uh, Celtics are up by one with uh, the s- second uh, quarter just underway. About two to three minutes have gone by in the second quarter up by one thirty seven thirty six. So that is your Celtics update. But that is it on behalf of Michael Chance, uh, Matt O'Brien, Rich Mays, Sean Friheady, and I'm GJ Mitchell. Again, make sure you follow us on all our socials at the Armchair Sports Guys on Facebook, at the Armchair Sports Guys on Instagram, Armchair underscore Guys on Twitter, as well as the Armchair Sports Guys on TikTok. And again, you want to battle one of us on Hot Take Court, or if you got a topic you want to discuss, send us an email, thearmchairsportsguys at gmail.com, and we can get you on the show. Or if you ever wanted to be part of the show while it's on live, click the link that is on the uh, show in the comments, and you'll get you right in, and we can discuss. Uh, what don't be a like pussy. Talk about. Yeah, we'd love to have you join the show. Certainly, by all means. So, been again, doing this for months. Let's go. Don't don't <laughs> call it a comeback. We've been here for years. Uh, but let's say let's uh, enjoy your rest of your week, uh, everybody. Um, so, on behalf of Rich and Sean, again, I'm GJ signing off, saying good night. We'll talk to you later. Peace. <laughs>